you are listening to a mini episode of Desi Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chiver, and I am here with my sister, Hero Chiver, <laughs> graphic designer and illustrator and Zelda aficionado. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about Zelda today because obviously we have Tears of the Kingdom coming out in like two weeks. When Breath of the Wild came out in 2017, it was this amazing experience for both Zelda fans and people new to the franchise. And now with Tears of the Kingdom, we have our first major direct sequel to a Zelda game since Majora's Mask. And you are here to talk to us about what we might want to know from the Zelda storyline that could make playing Tears of the Kingdom a richer experience. You don't have to know it, but it's fun to know it. <laughs> so Zelda has been your longest hyperfixation, I think it is. Yes. Fair to say, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> so what is the thing that you love most about it? Well, you know, like the whole franchise is so welcoming. It's so accessible for people who are coming into it. It's It gives kind of these loving little nods to people who are longtime fans. They're very aware of who their fans are. Um and then I think above all, there's a through line in all of them that just really nails the sense of adventure. Um, each one done in a different way, but uh, even the very first one. The first one is too hard for me to even, I've never beat, I can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> a true Zelda fan. Always like, you're like, I'm going to keep going. It's like Link, right? You're just, you're going to keep going. Even if you can't get there, you'll just keep going. <laughs> because you got to try different things to like you know to get to the next place next to, and sometimes it's it doesn't make any sense like it's fun how they um challenge you into these different storylines so today we are going to talk a little bit about sort of the games that got us here to the release of tears of the kingdom um Tell me a little about a little bit about sort of like what games we are going to talk about and why you decided on those games. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the caveat here is that you really don't, I mean, you mentioned this before, but you really don't need to know this stuff to play. Like you can just play. Um, I think if you know this stuff, it'll be more fun, but like you also don't really need to know it. So we're <laughs> but still focus- keep listening. <laughs> but, still, but still keep listening, yeah. <laughs> you have more fun, right? Um, so we're going to focus on the main 3D system, the main system 3D games today that, uh, especially the ones that are going to feature the possibly big bad guy Ganondorf, which is so exciting. So we're going to go in chronological order as well, not release order, which means... Um, it's going to be a little bit different, but each one of these is going to have is going to um, kind of have importance to Breath of the Wild in some way, and also is going to have importance to Ganondorf in some way, which is which is really really exciting. So what what are the games and and with right, right. this like noted caveat that you told me um, about where this sort of timeline why <laughs> why this timeline exists. Okay, so Nintendo um, was basically forced into creating this timeline (laughs) because all the fans were trying to make it themselves, you know, with each new release, trying to figure out how each game was connected to the other game, whatever. And Nintendo did not want to do it. And at some point they were like, you know, there are these other websites that exist with these extensive timelines. We're just going to do it because (laughs) it's ours. (laughs) And so they were like kind of 
kind of pushed into making the timeline. Um, and so with that said, we'll, we'll start out with the first in the timeline, which is Skyward Sword. So we're going to start with Skyward Sword. From there, we'll go to Ocarina of Time. And here's where the timeline gets spicy. It's going to split into <laughs> three. <laughs> it's, it's so confusing. I mean, um, but we'll, we'll get into it. So it's going to split into uh, three timelines. We have the adult timeline and the child timeline, which we'll explain, but we're not going to go into the fallen hero timeline. Um, we'll go from Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker. And then after Wind Waker, which is on its, Wind Waker is on its own timeline. It's on the adult timeline. Then we'll go to Twilight Princess, which is the child timeline. Uh, and then we'll end at Breath of the Wild, which unofficially we'll say is placed at the very, 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 very end of this, like thousands of years in the future. Um, and so that's what we'll hit today. So starting sort of like uh, holistically, like on a, at a wider, wider lens, right? Mm-hmm. We have these sort of consistent aspects to these games, which, which you say are the hero, the princess, the bad guy. And then I added in that we also need to talk about the Triforce, <laughs> which is a little less consistent. Um, so what does that mean? So in each of these games... Um, any any kind of Zelda player will be familiar with this. We always have what they've established now is the spirit of the hero. We have the princess who's inherited the blood of the goddess, which we'll get into. And then we have the manifestation of a curse, which we'll call Demise's curse. Demise is a demon. We'll talk about it later. But um, these three elements are always present. And so we'll just, to simplify, it's the hero, the princess, and the bad guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and then, like and you then, mentioned, the Triforce. Yeah, yeah, then the Triforce, which you you noted, because I was like, oh, I have the Triforce. And you were like, well, sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. You know, the, tri- the Triforce is, um, it does appear. But even in Breath of the Wild, we only see it really once at the very end, uh, when Zelda steps in, helps you defeat um, Boar, Ganon, you know. Uh, but they don't, they don't really mention it. However, it's present, you know, so I do think you're right. It's important to mention it. It's just not always, uh, the lore is not always consistent. It sometimes surprises us. And I think that's okay. It makes it, keeps it interesting. Um, But there are some kind of core consistencies that we can talk about. I think the, one of the most exciting things about Tears of the Kingdom, the trailers that we've seen so far and the things that people are sort of really freaking out about is the reappearance of Ganondorf. (laughs) So I think we have to talk about, you know, you mentioned Demise's curse, Mm -hmm. um, this manifestation of the curse. So who is Ganondorf and how does Ganondorf relate to the curse? Like what, what part does Ganondorf play within that sort of three pieces that you were talking about of the princess, the hero and the curse? So we'll say Ganondorf is one of those manifestations, and he's a big one. Um, So we have, you know, this demon demise. He places a curse. He starts this whole, he kicks this thing off. And Ganondorf happens to be, he's one of the results of this core, of the curse, right? Um, And we'll talk more about the demon demise, but all we need to know is he places a curse, and Ganondorf is one of the results of that curse. Um, And so it's a really big deal that we're seeing Ganondorf here. 
because we haven't seen the three of them together in so long. But if we talk about who Ganondorf is, he's sometimes called Ganon, but it's confusing. So we're just going to stick with Ganondorf here. He's a man. We did see something called Calamity Ganon in Breath of the Wild, Mm -hmm. but we don't really know what that is. It feels more like a force of nature. Ganondorf, what we're talking about, is a dude. Um, He's like, you know, a wizard. He can use magic um, and he's cunning, which is so exciting if we get to see that side of him in Tears of the Kingdom. Um, And he's got a reason for hating Hyrule. He went a little... He went a little bonkers with it, sure. Um, <laughs> but he's got his reasons. And I think that that alone makes it much more interesting to me, at least, than this kind of uh, force of nature. Because we get to see, we get to see why. Like, why is, why is he coming after Link and Zelda and Hyrule? Um, so the thing is with Ganondorf that's also very interesting is that in this kind of like cyclical thing that we have going on with the hero, the princess, um, and the bad guy. He he particularly hasn't reincarnated. Now we don't know, we can't say for sure who it's gonna be in Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe it is a reincarnated Ganondorf, maybe it's a new Ganondorf. We don't know anything about that. But as far as how he's appeared in the series so far, he's one dude who keeps coming back. <laughs> but the and- same guy, unlike Link and Zelda. Yeah, exactly. And Link and Zelda are constantly kind of reincarnating as like this the spirit of the hero. There's a new spirit, there's a new hero who has the spirit of the hero, princess, there's a new princess who has the spirit of or who has the divine blood of goddess. Um, but Ganondorf is the same guy. So it's really cool. I'm really hoping that <laughs> he's gonna be the same guy in Tears of the Kingdom. I just love the idea of this one man who is like, oh, my God, this little idiot and his girlfriend keep screwing up my plans. Also, if it is the same guy in Tears of the Kingdom, I would also be super pissed if I were stuck there underground for, like, thousands of years. I would also be, like, raised into the ground, uh, like, 100%. Um, So, you know, like... He, he is, he first shows up in Ocarina of Time, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but he, that's the first time we see him, and it's also the first time we see him transform, um, in the timeline, at least, to, into this, like, dark beast Ganon, um, and, and that's really cool, because we do see, you know, we might be seeing kind of the reverse of that in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of define it like this. We'll call Ganon his monster form. Um, and we'll call, we'll call Ganondorf the man. So if Mm -hmm. we prefer, I think we can just say it like that, even though that's not always how it's done. We'll just say for this, we'll say Ganon's the monster, Ganondorf is the man. Got it. And we're going to be meeting Ganondorf for Tears of the Kingdom. And it's going to be really cool. <laughs> I know it's what I like. It, it's so fascinating to hear sort of how these games are connected, however loosely and however directly it might be. But these consistencies with a character like Ganondorf, because you bring up this idea of that he has a history, unlike sort of how Link and Zelda come into each game for the most part. Mm-hmm. Ganondorf has this history, and we'll see how or if Tears of the Kingdom chooses to play with any of that. 
Yeah, my guess is that, I mean, my hope and my guess is that they do, but I I don't think they'll define what timeline we're looking mm-hmm. at, like which Ganondorf we're looking at. But I do think they'll make little, they've already made little nods to it. Um, and that it'll be interesting to see how that manifests in this game. So you mentioned when we were talking about Ganondorf that he had a good reason for, <laughs> for yeah. going after Hyrule. Um, I guess first... Let's talk about Hyrule and kind of what the fairly consistent-ish creation story is behind this land. Right. So Hyrule, um, really, really simply, there are three goddesses there at the top, right? We have Din. Din uh, represents power, and she's generally associated with the color red. We have Nairu who is associated with the color blue, represents wisdom. And we have Feror, um, associated with the color green, represents courage. So these three goddesses, they decide to make Hyrule, they make the world, and then they depart. They leave behind the sacred relic called the Triforce, which we talked about a little bit earlier. And the Triforce is made of of three triangles that represents each one of these goddesses. The Triforce is kept in the sacred realm. Uh, which is just the place where it's kept. So non-gods can use the Triforce to wish for whatever they want if they get their hands on it. That makes it super valuable. Um, We have seen in the series that sometimes uh, someone reaches for the Triforce, touches it, has an unbalanced heart, and it splits. Um, We've seen the Triforce like break in different ways. But the bottom line is it's really valuable. A lot of people want it. And the goddesses knew it was going to need guarding. So they tasked a goddess, Hylia, with protecting it. Um, and that's the kind of leads us very nicely right into Skyward Sword. And Hylia is the goddess, when we're talking about the princess having divine blood of the goddess, it's mm-hmm. Hylia that we are referring to. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so like you said, that does take us very nicely into Skyward Sword. Um, <laughs> so it's, tell us, like, where Skyward Sword sort of, like, places us in the story. So Skyward Sword is the very, very, very first kind of story that we get for Link. And Z- there's the first Link, it's the first Zelda, it's the beginning of the timeline. And as such, it sets up pretty critical Zelda lore. It tells us how the Master Sword is forged. Um, It tells us how the Master Sword becomes a prison, essentially, for this demon king that we've mentioned before. It tells us how this um, cyclical kind of nature of these games start, Uh, meaning like the goddess ascended the hero and the um, curse manifestation. It sets up... um, I mean, it sets up Hylia her, herself, and uh, we don't know too much about Hylia except for that she guards the Triforce. Some people think she's the goddess of time, um, but this is the first game we see her in. And um, for anyone who has just played Breath of the Wild, all those goddess statues are Hylia. They're depictions of that goddess. Um, and then, of course, we have Demise, which is... Uh, the demon who sets up that curse, which will eventually bring us to Ganondorf, but it does set up the reasoning for why this kind of keeps happening. 
Um, so all of those things are set up in Skyward Sword and will continue through the Zelda, through the Zelda series. So what is the basic story behind Skyward Sword? Like it sets up all these very important pieces, but it is also the first narrative that yeah. we see of Link and Zelda and Demise and Hylia. So what is the actual, I guess, like very quick pitch of what the story is? So one day, a demon named Demise comes to the surface from underground. He brings his monsters and he tries to get the Triforce to take over the world. Um, basic story. Doesn't go well. Hylia rescues the humans that she can and she pulls them into the sky and she creates, and this is important, I think, she creates a sky barrier to keep the earth and the sky separate. And, and um, she seals Demise. And she knows it's not going to hold. So she decides to give up her immortality because the Triforce can't be used by, um, by a god. So a lot of stuff happens. But the main things are these. That Zelda, like, basically because she gives up her immortality, Hylia, right? She becomes reborn as a human. And that human is Zelda. The mm -hmm. very first Zelda. Um and so Zelda, that establishes Zelda as being able to carry this bloodline. Um, this demon king does eventually break out. And so Link has to, of course, like save the day. Um, Zelda gets tangled into this because she is the goddess in this game. And uh, Link has to rescue her. He has to like figure out the seal stuff, whatever. So um, his journey throughout this is to build up the master sword first and that's what he does he builds up the master sword it becomes um it becomes very powerful and our companion in this story is the master sword it's a character named Phi, who is the physical manifestation of the master sword yeah who guides you sort of like she's like the navi she's like the person who sort exactly. of like helps you and guides you and aids you in these ways um one thing in in that, that you brought up as being particularly, you think, important given what we know of Breath of the Wild is the way Link sort of um, builds up the Master Sword and, and forges it is by working with three dragons. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want so, to speak to the dragons a little bit? So I'll be really like high level with the dragons because I um, the main reason I think it's important to mention them is when they are a direct kind of tie to the goddesses that we mentioned before Din, Nairu, and Faror um, but also because I think dragons are going to be pretty important in mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom in terms of like lore and all that stuff so the dragons are Faron, who's the water dragon, Elden, the fire dragon and Lanairu, the thunder dragon some people consider Levias a dragon but Levias is like a it's like a big whale it's like a big whale that can fly he's a leviathan he's like a big space yeah whale. <laughs> he's like a space whale um which i guess happens many times in the zelda series but those are the three main dragons and i think the main importance there is that they are in direct contact with those three golden goddesses that we talked about before um and that they you know like some parts of that lore might reappear in tears of the kingdom well, we have the three dragons, obviously, in Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. who also represent water, fire, mm -hmm. 
and thunder slash lightning slash electricity. <laughs> yeah. 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 You see that around, and they're also kind of like um, given names that reflect, mm-hmm. kind of reflect these, these things too. Yeah. You have um, Dinral, Tharosh, and Nadra. Yeah. So kind of, yeah. Um, and there's a fourth one. Uh, that people, I mean, Zelda fans are wild. They have they have identified a fourth. What's the fourth dragon, dragon in Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, in Tears we of the Kingdom. Know. Yeah, we know it is. there's a new dragon now. There's a new baby dragon. There's a new maybe, yeah. Um, so okay, so sorry, this is a little convoluted, but basically, he builds up this master sword with the help of the dragons. All that he has to go through all these different tasks. Ultimately, what ends up happening is he's the one who ends up with the balanced heart. Mm-hmm. And that means he's the one who has to go find the Triforce to make a wish on it to kind of like destroy Demise. And he does it. He's able to do it. Um, but because of all these, uh, I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible because this is such a complicated story. But because of like several things that happen, like he he does it, um, they they destroy, they, they are able to like seal demise. It pulls the sky Island down to earth, um, in order to do so. But then his minion, which turns out demise's minion, which turns out to be his sword. Um, so, so Girahim, who the, the minion is named Girahim. Girahim is like sort of thighs opposite. Yes. Yeah. He's a great villain. I love him. He's one of my favorites, but he his whole purpose this entire game is that he wants to resurrect demise he wants to resurrect his master so he's been trying this whole time you keep foiling his plans he's getting increasingly unhinged as you keep foiling his plans and finally when you like get the seal down there he loses it and he grabs zelda and he takes her back through time Um, to the, I believe it's the point right after the war. Um, and the initial war between Hylia and demise. Demise. And so he takes, he takes her back there. He tries to use like her soul to resurrect, um, demise because he's still alive in this time and he, he does it. And so you have to fight demise. Uh, what's important about this apart from this whole storyline, which is really great. And like, it's a really fun story. And if you haven't played it, you should play it. Or if you can't do that, there's really, really good um, story breakdowns on YouTube. But the important part about this is that Demise is the original demon king that came after the Triforce, tried to take it from Hylia, the original protector. And when you defeat him, he's... He's so infuriated that in his dying kind of his his last words that he says to you are, um, there's a direct quote, it's those like you, those who share the blood of the goddess and the spirit of the hero, they are eternally bound to this curse. An incarnation of my hatred shall ever follow your kind, dooming them to wander a blood-soaked sea of darkness for all time. <laughs> so it's real, real, real intense. And right after you defeat him, he is trapped into the Master Sword. Okay? So that's pretty huge. That's yep. a big detail that's, that's important. Um, Fully forgot that. Yeah. So, he's, so it's unclear if he, 
like what exactly, what part of him exactly is trapped, but we'll say his essence is trapped in the Master Sword. And his curse follows Link and Zelda for the rest of the Zelda timeline. <laughs> so that's what's important about this setup is that we find out how the Master Sword is forged. Um, we find out that Demise is imprisoned in the Master Sword, so we can assume the Master Sword that Link has in Breath of the Wild also has Also might have Demise inside might of it. have Demise, or the <laughs> essence of Demise inside of it. We know that it still contains Phi, which, like we said, is the kind of hum- human or personification of the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the game, she her duty fulfilled is now just a part of the Master Sword. Um, it's very, it's like a very touching kind of goodbye. She says to Link, but she's by his side the whole time, and we hear her talk in Breath of the Wild, even just for a moment. But they do give a reference to her. So, um, so this game is really important. It sets up a lot of stuff that will will maintain throughout the. And well, likely, I think we'll see the impact. You know, I'm I'm replaying it now, and and I'm just about to fight Girahim for the last time before I go on to fight Demise. If I end up doing it, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared, but I forgot in this replay like how much of Skyward Sword you see show up in Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah. And and granted, Skyward Sword is the game that came out before Breath of the Wild, like uh, release schedule wise. So it mm. makes sense. It tracks that we would see so much of it. But given that, granted, unofficially for Breath of the Wild, but like <laughs> they are on opposite ends of the timeline, it really is fascinating. But next, we don't go to Breath of the Wild. Next, we're going back to 1998 <laughs> because chronologically, what comes next in terms of like Zelda timeline is kind of the game that kicked off modern Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, so Ocarina of Time is such a good game. And it's also where this infamous timeline split happens. Um, so we'll go over like kind of high level what's important in Ocarina. It is the first time we see Ganondorf the man. Um, we haven't we haven't met him before. He shows up um, as the antagonist. Because so, well, I want to say really quickly because you mentioned he had a good reason for hating Hyrule, and I think this game is the most explicit in which we see that reasoning. Well, which, actually, I right, think it would sort be. Of? It would be Wind Waker. Wind Waker did just did kidding. It. It's really Wind Waker. Yeah, so okay. we'll we'll go back to this question in one second. Never mind. <laughs> this game, does, no, no, no. To be fair, this game does kick off. Like you see a little bit of it, but it's not explicitly stated mm. what his whole deal is. Um, all we really know in this game is that he swears allegiance to the King of Hyrule with the full intention of betraying him. Right. And Zelda can sense it. And of course, no one believes her. She's a kid at the time. And, you know, it's because she has like some kind of a dream. I forget. But she has a bad feeling about this dude. No one believes her. Link, she enlists Link's help. um, As a child. As a child. uh, And Ganondorf ultimately tricks him. Mm -hmm. um, And he gets his hand on the Triforce of Power, which is which is very scary. Um, And he absolutely decimates Hyrule. He takes over the castle, 
we can assume the king is dead. Zelda flees. Um, and meanwhile, right as this happens, Link in this game is sealed away for seven years because he's too young to be the hero in this era. Um, so then Link wakes up as a teen and he goes on to awaken all the sages and they help him defeat Ganondorf. Zelda feels bad she stole his childhood and she sends him back in time. And this is how that timeline split happens because it becomes, what if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? Like, what if he went on as an adult and never got sent back, right? Yeah, we'll start with the, we'll, we'll go through what each of them mean. Okay. So the timeline split, basically, the fallen hero, which we're not going to do, is a very dark take on like, it's like, what if you die? What if Link <laughs> dies? What if he, uh, you know, he falls? So that game like over he fails, screen, basically. Yeah, he, well, he, he fails and the sages have to, I think, I believe they like take over, but you die. Uh, we're not going to go over that one. The next one is the child <laughs> timeline. And this is the one that um, contains Twilight Princess. So this one says, all right, Link goes back in time. He warns the royal family. It works. Ganondorf is tried for treason and he's sent to be executed at the Arbiter's Grounds, which exists in Breath of the Wild. Um, so this is, uh, he's taken to the Arbiter's Ground. He's, he's, Confronted there by the sages and uh, sentenced to death. So he's stabbed in the chest. And then this is where the Triforce stuff gets weird. They call it like a divine prank, but he somehow just comes to the Triforce of power. It activates at the moment that he's stabbed in the chest and it awakens him in, in him. This part is like pretty badass. If you just want to watch this part, uh, like just the video of it, it's pretty cool. He awakens, he rips the sword out of his chest and he kills a sage before he's like fully yeeted into the Twilight Realm because <laughs> they panic. They don't know what to do with him. So they open this realm, which is not terribly important for the rest of this. So I'm not going to go into it, but they open another realm. They throw him in there. And um, it is a realm where banished magic wielders live. He, of course, gets his, finds his way um, out, comes to Hyrule again, whatever. And so he's defeated, ultimately, and this is important, he's defeated after being both stabbed in the chest and kind of having his neck snapped. Um, and we'll come back to that later, but those two details are important. And then the other timeline is the adult timeline, which is Wind Waker, which is what you were mentioning before. So Link is sent back in time and he disappears. Um, Ganondorf is sealed in the Sacred Realm and breaks out and no hero comes to save the day. So the three goddesses that we talked about before flood Hyrule. Um, Hyrule becomes a bunch of islands. Ganondorf is much older. Uh, he escapes the seas and continues his, his pursuit of world domination. So Link eventually kills him by stabbing him in the forehead this time. Um, so those are two kind of like important pieces of those timeline. And uh, just so, so we're clear, Link, when the way the adult timeline happens is because Link gets sent back in time, presumably, and he goes to Majora's Mask. Right? No. No. Majora's Mask. It's confusing. I don't blame you for, like, not understanding <laughs> this. This is why I was like, Hero, you have to come on Daisy Geek. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so the child timeline is actually Majora's Mask. Ah. Because um, he goes back in time as a kid. Oh, okay. Right? And he, he goes to the courtyard. He tells... Um, he tells 
the royal family, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he goes on. And then he goes over to Majora's Mask. Exactly, yeah. So then Um, in this one, when you say Link is sent back in time and, like, disappears. That's what happens. (laughs) Like, so we just (laughs) don't know? We don't know what happens. Oh, my God. Um, as far as I know, there might be someone out there who's like, actually, it says in Hyrule History on page 43, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Maybe, but it's maybe not common knowledge. There. But yeah, I certainly don't know what happens to him. But um, he's sent back in time. And for all we know, he just disappears. That's like the intro of Wind Waker. Tells and so us he's not there to do the thing. Basically. The hero of time is not there to do the thing. And so what ultimately happens is his piece. And I, I think it's it's true that he disappears because his piece of the Triforce shatters and right. goes all over Hyrule. And the worst part of playing Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. I feel like I, I read that they fixed that for the HD remake, but I don't know. In the original, um, it was so much sailing <laughs> to find these freaking Triforce yeah, shards. it's pretty terrible. It took so long <laughs> and is the sole reason I have never replayed Wind Waker. <laughs> I, like, because I refused to do it. It's a a great game, actually, but I do, I totally understand that. Um, But he does, yeah, so he goes back in time, and, you know, it should be noted in Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf does get, we mentioned that Ganondorf gets the Triforce of Power, we didn't mention that Zelda gets the Triforce of Wisdom, and Link gets the Triforce of Courage. So they have three pieces of the Triforce because Ganondorf touched the Triforce with Mm -hmm. an uneven part. Right. And so it's split. And so that's why in this adult timeline, when Link is sent back a time that disappears and no one knows what happens to him, his piece of the Triforce shatters and it's like buried in the ocean. So that's kind of what happens to him there. Um, so those are the two important kind of games that we that we wanted to... From the like, timeline split. From the timeline split that we needed to look at. And predominantly because of Ganondorf is right. that, like that's why we wanted to and we can talk a little bit about um wind waker ganondorf who man i love him as a villain too because he goes into detail why he wanted to do what he did mm-hmm. so remember this is the same man right right it's the, the same ganondorf. literally the same ganondorf from yep. ocarina, ocarina of time yeah exactly so same dude all we know from ocarina is that he's like a magic wielder he um betrays the king of hyrule he gets his hands on the triforce of courage he's like megalomaniacal um his his moms are witches which is kind of <laughs> cool like i don't know um and he is you know he's the king of the the gerudo tribe which is also very important and i can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet but that he is he's the king um so all this is the same dude coming into wind waker coming into um, his equivalent in Twilight Princess, same guy. Now in Wind Waker, he has, you know, he broke out of the sacred realm. Uh, goddesses flooded Hyrule. He comes up and he's an older man. And you can tell he's like, had time to think about this. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, he says like, maybe the reason I did it was because my people lived in the desert and we had nothing. And maybe I looked at like the green hills of Hyrule and maybe I coveted what, what Hyrule had. I mean, he went overboard. <laughs> like he, had a really- he overcorrected perhaps. <laughs> yeah. And so I think I, I love the fact that he had a reason for the, for, you know, just like the amount that he went after Hyrule. And, and like, it was for why? his people. It was for his people. It ultimately 
didn't end up being that, but that's what made him want to do it. And in Twilight Princess, Twilight Princess, it's before he's gotten the, you know, Triforce of um, Power. It's before, he doesn't get to enact his plan. He still has like that, that anger for Hyrule. He still has the ambition, but it's, it's kind of a different man because it's at a different point in his story. Mm -hmm. So in Twilight Princess, before he can even act out his plan, he's tried for treason and killed or attempted. Right. You know, they try to kill him. And so that's how that plays out too. But we know from Wind Waker that the reason for all of it was because his people had less. Right. Um, yeah. So I think those are the important parts. And also how he dies in both of those are important. Yeah. Well, so in Wind Waker, Link kills him. Mm-hmm. And in Twilight Princess, he dies by, you said, a stab and a neck snap. Yeah, Ish. so the neck snap is a weird part of it because um, it's not totally clear, but we see it happen. Um, basically, he has this chest wound from when he's first, he's first, there's a botched ex- execution where the sage tries to kill him, fails. He pulls the sword out and he has that wound that Link um, ultimately stabs him in and he is standing up with it mm-hmm. and dying. And he kind of looks up at a different character that we've seen before that he has used. And the implication is that his, his it's unclear, but the implication is his neck is snapped because then his neck kind of turns and we assume he's dead because mm. he dies standing. But there is the motion of his neck, that being the final blow, his neck actually moving and that killing him. So now that we've kind of talked through all these games in this like horrifying way, <laughs> like the horrifying <laughs> ways in which this man is killed <laughs> right. again and again, um, <laughs> we can kind of get to Breath of the Wild and sort of unofficially where it exists because we don't know sort of which timeline, right? It's necessarily officially connected to. There are connections to maybe all of them in some way. For sure. But it is definitely connected to the story. Um, So let's, let's, I guess, like fast, fast forward a lot many, 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 many years um, to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. So, well, one thing that I did want to mention about the, just to reiterate, especially because this can be confusing for people unfamiliar with Zelda is like when we talk about Wind Waker and we talk about Twilight Princess, it's also important to remember while Ganondorf is the same dude in Ocarina of Time that is in both of those games, Link and Zelda are not. Right. They're two new Links, two new Zeldas defeating the same guy. Okay, (laughs) so now we'll go on to Breath of the Wild, which, like you said, we'll assume it's at the very, 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 very end of the timeline. And it's so far ahead that all the timelines have somehow converged. Right. That's That's how we'll view it, because you're right, there are references to all the games <laughs> in <laughs> this. So what's interesting about Breath of the Wild is we have that quote at the start of it, which is when you first go to Impa, she tells you the story. She says, the history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of Calamity Ganon. So I feel like that's a little like nod 
to, it's an in-game universe setup where for tens of thousands of years, they've had to deal with this like devolved Ganon that just keeps coming back, like this cyclical thing where he's just not, you know, like they just prepare for it. There are prophecies around it, whatever. Um, and for longtime Zelda fans, it's a little bit of a nod to the fact that we keep seeing that same cycle where we see a hero, we see a princess, and uh, a Ganon or other big bad, but we'll talk about Ganon today. But we'll see these three elements in this like kind of repetitive, repetitive cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that does is it also pulls us back to um, Skyward Sword. Because Cyrus Sword is a nice fixed point at the beginning of the timeline. So if they reference it, they're not saying, hey, we chose the, you know, fallen hero timeline or, hey, yeah. we chose the child timeline. They can say, okay, well, Skyward Sword is before all that split. Right. So we can reference it directly. And they do. Um, because Skyward Sword is, as we, we talked about, is where those terms have been kind of laid out as fixed cyclical destinies for these characters. And Breath of the Wild shows us what's happening after, like, thousands of years of stuck in that cycle. Right. Um, yeah. So now that we've kind of dug into all of those games and the things that we think are important, how do we think – and now we're, we're reaching the point of conjecture and we're reaching the point of theorizing. But, like, how do we think that these games could show up in Tears of the Kingdom? So, and I say me, but I mean you. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have theories too, right? Like maybe, you know, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I feel like I was wrong on a lot of stuff <laughs> coming into this. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't matter. I mean, that's like kind of the fun of it though. Right. That they're so nonspecific with so much of this stuff that like, you never know, right? Like one of the interesting things about how they approach even development is you know, for Breath of the Wild, for example, some of the development shot, like the one that is striking is they had like um, kind of like a visual development art of what would happen if Hyrule were attacked by aliens. You know, like they, <laughs> they think about all this stuff. So like, honestly, any theory could, you know, it could happen. Know? True. Like there are some people now who are like Zonai are aliens, you know, like because of that, because of that, you know, it doesn't really, it's a very open um, world. So before getting into the other game theories, I actually wanted to quickly kind of mention this parallel between Breath of the Wild and Skyward Sword that could potentially leak into the storytelling of Tears of the Kingdom. So we have these two kind of parallel adventures going on in Skyward Sword at the same time. We already talked about Link's side of it, which is, the Master Sword. Zelda, in the meantime, is going to these different fountains um, and purifying herself, much like Breath of the Wild Zelda, at arguably some of the same fountains. Footage of both areas look the same in each game, some of those fountains. So we see this happen in Breath of the Wild, but Link and Zelda are together. In Tears of the Kingdom, we see them get separated. And so it's kind of like a possibility that based on what we've seen in Skyward Sword, that we're going to have these two parallel adventures set up for us. Mm-hmm. Zelda's story and Link's story, separate. Yeah, no, that is really interesting. Because when you consider in Skyward Sword, are you, they, they, think, they, they do succeed. 
like they succeed at what they were attempting to do in having when they have these two separate adventures like Impa yeah. literally in Skyward Sword is like you cannot speak to him you cannot do this right now to Zelda to keep her on her quest of getting purified in these um springs or fountains or whatever they are mm-hmm. and in Breath of the Wild she fails and I don't know if it means anything that in Breath of the Wild they're together and she fails <laughs> and in Skyward Sword they're separated and she succeeds um I don't want it to mean anything <laughs> because they're cute together <laughs> well you know arguably it's two it's two ways of telling this or getting to the same end but it's both kind of like love I think is the key there because in this sense it's like Zelda and Link need to be separated so that they can concentrate on their own quests they both like clearly love each other in Skyward Skyward Sword and in Breath of the Wild it's it's arguably love that awakens her power she fails at these springs she fails at like this like archaic way of getting to her power and it's when Link falls and she has to protect him it's so good it awakens within her and so I think they they are related in that way. They just kind of manifest in different ways with these two different Zeldas. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see sort of post this kind of adventure what that could potentially mean in Tears of the Kingdom. And so to that end, how else might we see some of these games come up in the series, do we think? I think how these things are going to surface in Tears of the Kingdom is we are going to see, similar to Breath of the Wild, we're going to see this like strange thing where we reference all the timelines. I don't think they're going to get specific because I don't think they want to. I think it leaves less room for conjecture. But what I do think they're going to do is they're going to pull specific pieces from these different games, Mm -hmm. which will like make everyone go crazy. Like... They already in the trailer, you know, we saw Redeads and Redead is basically like the Zelda zombie. Right. (laughs) They're really scary. With that Um, screech. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like a really distinct, in both Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time, they have like really distinct sounds that if you played those games, it's like it sets you into fight or flight mode. Right. (laughs) Um, They're scary. And we saw one of those reappear in the trailer. and I think I think we've seen references to these different well-known enemies from like Gleok as well. That's another really good example of an old enemy showing up. I mean, Lionel's were that too. Mm-hmm. So um, we've seen that already. We've seen musical themes in the trailer alone um, that reference like everywhere in the timeline. We, in in terms of Ganondorf specifically, this was why how he died was important why we mentioned how he died was because Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom, we see attention on both his forehead where you can see one of those tears. Mm-hmm. We, we have attention um, to his chest in the very, in the first trailer that featured him, we have that hand holding onto his chest, which is how he died in Twilight Princess. The forehead is how he died in Wind Waker. And then there's also that moment in the first trailer when we see him as a corpse where he, whips his head almost like he's snapping it back into place and that feels like a reference to twilight princess again so it's like i think they're um doing all this very intentionally Mm -hmm. where they're like okay maybe that that's my guess is they're not going to tell us which ganondorf it is 
or we're totally wrong and they're going to say this is a this is a new guy. Um, I I hope not, but I will say that uh, Urbosa does mention him. She mentions him in Breath of the Wild at some point. She makes a reference to him. But again, it's not clear if he's new or if he's the same guy. I hope he's well, the same you guy. Well, you pointed out that you can we can hear in Breath of the Wild, we can hear elements of Ganondorf's theme from Ocarina of Time when you're in Hyrule Castle, which yeah. is obviously intentional. Yeah, yeah. And they do that a lot. They, they did it in this one, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they did it even more in the trailer where you hear that, like, like it's like really really scary theme um and so we know like there are gonna be they're gonna be references i just can't say for sure if they're gonna be like he's a ganondorf that's why we did that he's the ganondorf right i really hope it's he's the ganondorf but yeah they do they have like these really cool um musical references to him so because we know, you know, you, you mentioned obviously that Skyward Sword because it is a fixed point and mm-hmm. is a clear like this is where the things start. What are some of the more like direct connections we might see from Skyward Sword in Tears of the Kingdom? Well, I think the biggest one that we've seen a reference to already is Demise. Um, this has got the fan base like very confused. <laughs> like they're not sure if it's like we're gonna have two big bads like Ganondorf is a red herring. We're gonna have demise too because in the trailer we have a shot of Ganondorf from behind, or supposedly Ganondorf from behind, um, with this huge blood moon in front of him. He's got like his hair looks like it's growing. He's got a long um wrap around that reaches the floor in very much the same way everything about the physicality of this shot looks more like demise than it does ganondorf but we don't know what that means it could mean that it's like he's tra- he's rehydrating and when he <laughs> rehydrates like that comes out because he is directly tied connected to yeah yeah so we see that in the trailer we have no idea how it's gonna play out um but we see demise uh we see the master sword being broken which is a huge deal because if we look at skyward sword and demise was trapped in the master sword and we don't know in what condition we don't know if it was his essence and that's it we don't know if that means his essence goes into ganondorf we don't know any of that stuff but i do think it's significant that it's broken and demise used to be in it (laughs) you know (laughs) um we also have the sky islands and the the barrier the sky barrier which is really important so remember way back when at the beginning of this when we were talking about hylia and how Mm -hmm. she saved the the hylians she saved the people on the surface by pulling the earth up to the sky and creating a sky barrier um there's a shot in the trailer that that shows Ganondorf, you know, throwing um, malice up into the sky. And it really looks like he's breaking a barrier. That could be the sky barrier from Skyward Sword. It could be, we have no idea what it is, but that might make an appearance where there's a breaking of the sky barrier to maybe reveal these sky islands. We don't know. 
Um, the Sky Island, Sky Islands themselves are possibly a reference to Skyward Sword because they all live on Sky Islands um, in that game. Phi, AKA the Master Sword, is like the characterization of the Master Sword could possibly make an appearance as well. I hope so. I <laughs> want do it. So? I don't know, because I'm playing Skyward Sword right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just want it to happen because I think it would be cool. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool too. It's like very cool when you hear her voice in, in Breath of the Wild because if you played Skyward Sword, you hear her talking to Zelda for like a second. She's the one who tells Zelda to send Link to the uh, Shrine of Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And for 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 Skyward Sword players, when you hear that, you're like, oh my God, that was fine. I was <laughs> talking to Princess Zelda. That's so cool. So it's possible. We might get like more of a, you know, like more of an appearance of Fi too. Mm-hmm. Um, the dragons, I don't know what role they're going to play. If they're just going to be these like passive deities that maybe the Zonai worship or they're going to be have a bigger role, we don't know. I mean, they're certainly included in the logo, which uh, historically they include very important things <laughs> in the logo. <laughs> um, so I think they could be important. And then, of course, Hylia, um, that figure with the blonde hair who has like more, she has like bigger ears and she's wearing the same dress as, uh, as Zelda. Some people think it's Hylia. So it's possible that we see Hylia and Demise in the same game, Ooh. which would be, which would be like a, you know, a nice little like neat tie up of yeah. Skyward Sword to Breath of the Wild. Some people think that that's what this will be. That's what this will be. We just don't know. Um, all right. So now that we've kind of gotten through like the bulk of it and the seriousness and the like really thoughtful iterations of <laughs> what these things might be, uh, what are some sort of off the wall or more absurd or more silly or fun theories that <laughs> you have been thinking about? <laughs> oh, okay. So like I already mentioned the whole Zonai being aliens things, which I do not want that to be the case. Um, what are the, for someone listening who oh is like, God. Yeah, what is a Zonai? Um, why? Because Zonai, like Zonai are referenced in Breath of the Wild, right, yeah. but not necessarily ever explained. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool approach that they took in Breath of the Wild. You, you, I think you only see the word Zonai just a couple times, but they make a pretty huge impact. Mm-hmm. So um, Typhlo Ruins is a Zonai area and that in Breath of the Wild is that area that's like totally blanketed in darkness. Right. Um, the shrine I put off sh- until like the last three shrines <laughs> I had because I was like, nope, I don't want to do this. It's, it's dark. It's, it's dark and I scary. need the skeleton suit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, it's 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 fun. I like found that one pretty fun, but I, I get it. Um, so like Zonai ruin the that the typhlo ruins and then um the labyrinths as well have like kind of elements of that architect architecture but they don't really explain much about them except nope. that they were like a warrior tribe that magic wielders and then they just like disappeared one day i feel mm-hmm. like that's all you really know about them um i think that's all you know about them and so in this one it's been confirmed that it's uh that they're going to be a you know major part of the story because in one of the kind of the gameplay um the gameplay demonstration that came out a couple of weeks ago they had a zonai charge as an item that you can pick mm-hmm. up from these um 
these like machines that you're going to be fighting, these constructs you're going to be fighting. And so they're going to play a pretty major role in this game. We don't know much about them apart from that. Okay. But there are a whole lot of theories about who they I'm are. Sure. <laughs> if that, like, if that, um, the kind of like goat looking creature, uh, I don't really know how to refer to them, but uh, that like perhaps they could be a Zonai. We don't know. Um, but like some of the fun theories, I thought like that same goat dude, people think that he could be highly as original hero which would be kind of cool. So we'd like see the past. We'd see right. maybe that fight between Hylia and Demise that they only reference in Skyward Sword. And we get to see them working together, which would be, that's a pretty cool one, I think. Yeah. Um, I think my guilty pleasure, which is not going to happen. I just love Twilight Princess, but I wish the Twi'lee were Zonai. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen, but they, you know, they're, we see like these like little ghostly wisps underground, which for Twilight Princess players, um, that was an indication that there was like a soul there. Right. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, yes, please bring in more Twilight Princess stuff. (laughs) I don't think they're going to do that. I think that's just what I want. Um, I think the two of the coolest well, I'll say three. Three of the coolest ones are that there's going to be time travel. Right. Um, there is a lot of evidence of that already. I think that's probably going to happen in some form of the other. Well, if we're using, there's the the going back a couple seconds or reversing time tool recall. that we know. Recall. Yeah. I was like, I know it starts with an R. Um, I know that we're going to get, obviously, we've seen that we're going to get that tool recall, which is time travel. Yeah, so, that's already yes. time travel. And, like, I do think that the – this is my own theory, but I think the yellow, um, that yellow, particularly from the that tier that Zelda's holding in the trailer, the yellow tier, I think that is the power of time travel in some form hmm. because it has the same – rune as recall and recall is used like you said for time travel yeah even if it's like a short second or however long it's time travel so that's one cool one um we're gonna get to play as zelda is another cool i really hope that's true and i think they'll do it because they wanted to do it for skyward sword um so that we could see what zelda was doing on her side of the adventure uh, hopefully they're going to actually do it for this game where we get to yeah, play. Yeah, that would be wild. After like decades of everyone being like, let us play Ocarina of Time as Sheik. Oh my God. Let, yeah. let us do this. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sheik is one of the coolest characters in the entire series, I think. Yes. Uh, and Sheik, Sheik is who Zelda pretended to be while she was on the run from Ganondorf. And she sort of like, guides Link through his adventure in Ocarina of Time while doing her own adventuring. And so there is this, like, I think ourselves included, piece of the fandom that just wants Ocarina of Time from Zelda's perspective so we can play as Sheik. There was a game in the works. Yeah. We just never got it. (laughs) Yeah, we never got it. Um, And then there's also, like, this one I think a lot of people think that the curse is going to end. So that curse that Demise set up that this will be the end of that curse somehow. We'll have to like figure it out. Um, And then I think there's also one that so many people want. I I feel like you're not one of these people. I'm not. With the shrines, but I, I really, really want more dungeons. 
I was, you know what? It's so funny because in the last like eight months, I've done Ocarina, most of Majora's Mask, Breath of the <laughs> Wild, and most of Skyward Sword. Yeah. And I gotta say, I like did not miss the dungeons at all in Breath if, of the Wild. If you played Twilight Princess, I think I, you yes, would. Yes, I, I did not replay Twilight Princess. That was the, the one. The only reason I'm saying that, not because it's the one that you didn't play. No, I know, I know. Because that has some of the best dungeon design, I think, in the whole series. Um, it's They're so fun. And I'm just I'm, waiting for the like HD re-release. They did an HD, but they don't have the freaking port for Switch, which is right. so it's just It's like on the, it's only on like the Wii, right? Wii U or something. Or maybe yeah. on the Wii U. Like on the, no, the original's on, yeah, the original's on the Wii and uh, the HD is on the Wii U. Yeah, put it on the Switch. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, we all want Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Well, HD. we all want Twilight Princess. <laughs> no, 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 Wind Waker, I think they like improved upon. I, I would give it a chance. If but they Twilight- fix that stupid Twilight <laughs> or uh, Triforce card Triforce thing. Triforce thing, yeah. Well, they I, I, they improved a lot of stuff that annoyed people, and I think that was a place that a yep. lot of people were annoyed. Um, but I think Return of Dungeons would be dope because I don't think they would get rid of, like, the shrine type deal altogether. Like, I think we're going to have some weird cave system type thing where we, mm-hmm. like, go in and have to solve puzzles. But I do think that they'll take into account how people wanted that more atmospheric you know, yeah. like you walk into the spirits, the forest temple in Ocarina of Time. No, it's good. It's not that dungeons aren't good. Like they are. Like Ocarina of you Time, satisfied, right? Yeah, fully holds yeah. up as a game. It's an incredible experience to like play it now after playing, you know, video games, including like Breath of the Wild, like current era video games, Ocarina of Time 100% holds up against them. It's the sort of like uh, prototype of what these games became. So you can draw a line from Ocarina of Time to some of the best games that have come out in the last five years because they changed how everything worked. And all of it, it's a super fun game to play to this day. I just didn't miss dungeons when I was playing Breath (laughs) of the Wild. (laughs) (laughs) going to try to the, do the best of both worlds right we'll have we'll have like those like pockets both. of puzzles and stuff <laughs> and then we'll have these like bigger things because I, I think the scene there's a scene in um in the trailer in the desert that like something comes out of the sand and i'm right. hoping that that's like a dungeon and we'll have these like smaller someone pointed out zelda fans are amazing i gotta say like if, if there's, like, a cold case out there, I believe <laughs> they could solve it. The, someone pointed out that each – I wish I could remember who, but someone pointed out each area where a shrine was. I haven't, like, uh, you know, checked on this, but I believe it. Every area where there a shrine was, or, like, maybe, like, many areas where shrines were, there's now a pit of, um, of malice. Leading into the earth, which is really interesting. Yeah. Who knows what that means? Maybe that means the it's just a port into the underground or Mm -hmm. it's a new puzzle or it's like we don't know. But I think they're going to play around with how they. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's saying that like they might not have expanded the map outward, but they expanded it vertically. And that doesn't just mean up. It also means down. So I don't know. We'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, we know now for a fact that we're going underground because we've got <laughs> the map has uh, an X, Y, and Z value. Right. And so we go into the negatives at some point in some of these these clips that we've seen. And so we're, we're definitely be um, exploring underground, which is really cool. Um, but I'm interested to see even the surface, how that's changed, because yeah. I don't think that's going to be totally the same either. No, I agree. Like rebuilding and um, things like falling from the sky. You know, Kakariko Village has like something lodged into the mountain behind it, which is, you know, different. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's going to be a lot of new stuff. Um, I'm laughing. We have, we obviously, we, we wrote up notes and here I'll write up a very extensive sort of a guide for how we were going to follow this conversation, but I'm laughing at the Zonai are aliens. I do not want the Zonai to be aliens. <laughs> and then the last one, oh. <laughs> which I hate. <laughs> That's not true. But okay. So like there are these, um, th- this is like a little bit of a tangent, but in Twilight Princess, this where they kind of first established that I, like there's a, that the first Hyruleans were, this is where they established that the first Hyruleans were sky dwellers. Mm. And in Twilight Princess, you get like shot into the sky and it's like very, very atmospheric and very cool. Um, it's the first time you're in sky islands, but the inhabitants are taken direct. And I'm not like exaggerating. They're taken from an actual MC Escher painting. Like I can, I can show you the painting. They took it from there. Are these weird chicken things that have a, a human face and they're oh called Uku's. Um, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I like erased this from my brain. I fu- I like completely forgot this was a thing. They're supposed to be the original Hyruleans, according to Twilight. <laughs> like according to like theorists in Twilight Princess, um, that you know, and uh, they're it's so <laughs> funny given idea. Skyward Sword. That's I know, so good. I know. Um, <laughs> So Uku are evolved Zonai, <laughs> or sorry, Zonai are evolved Uku, which is not, uh, is absolutely horrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a thing, um, but I think it's hilarious. That's funny. Um, I think that's a good place to end the <laughs> the Zelda discussion. It was extremely illuminating. There was stuff that I thought I knew that I did not know and learned on this in the midst of our conversation. So thank you. Oh, yeah. um, I, you know, obviously I think, uh, you should let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. Um, so you can find, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator and you can find my art on my Instagram at chiblet, um, my design work on my website, herol.org and my absolutely unhinged Zelda theories on my Twitter at herol underscore chipper. <laughs> and we will link to all of those on the show notes or in the show notes. Um, I was going to talk about like stuff I'm into really quickly, but the only thing I'm going to say because we're an hour into this now is that Polite Society comes out this weekend and everyone should go see it. It's amazing. It's such a good movie and it's so fun. And I cannot sort of like oversell this thing. It's full of South Asian awesomeness action humor like suspense it's got it all and a great dance sequence uh so go check that out and then otherwise you can find Daisy geek girls on twitter uh and mastodon at Daisy geek girls you can find me on basically all social media at run with skizzers s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s uh and as always 
Until next time, I'll see you in hell. Hey.